Hello and welcome to the Kidney Ally Nutrition Podcast, the one and only podcast where we tackle the hardest questions around what constitutes a good, healthy kidney diet. Whether you're a patient, a carer, a nephrologist, or a dietitian, I'm sure you'll learn something new today about what constitutes a good, healthy kidney diet. Welcome to another episode of our Kidney Nutrition Podcast for Kidney Ally. I'm co-founder, Carl Jurassic, transplant patient. And I'm Ruth Kanda, renal dietitian in London. Looking forward to having a chat with you today. Yes, and today's one is all about dairy, which in um, our Facebook group has become really popular. A lot of people asking all the time questions about dairy. Um, and, you know, if you, dairy in itself is huge um, as a category. Um, there's things like butter, things like cheese, things like yogurt, things like milk, things like cream, all of these things that obviously um, come from animals, um, particularly cows, I assume. That's like kind of where all dairy comes from. Um, and um, yeah, probably just starting there kind of with, with, with dairy as a category, like it covers a lot of food and it pretty much is in a lot of food as well. So to the idea of not eating dairy um, is really hard to do for someone if they get told as a patient. And more annoyingly so, what we see more and more in the group is they're incorrectly told just to stop dairy um, because they're being diagnosed with any of the stages. And there's a pretty high chance that that's not needed. And I think like that's probably would be a nice place to start is like, what is the correlation at all, if there is any, between dairy and why doctors seem to be telling patients or why people think they don't need dairy? So the only thing I can think of, because to be honest, I hadn't really come across it until our group hadn't seen it particularly. So the only thing I can think of is that um, doctors think that um, people should follow a pure 100% plant-based diet to help with their kidneys. Although, again, that's something that is not proven 100%. But we have seen, I mean, it's broadened my horizons massively, seeing what people are saying about when they convert to a plant-based diet, how much it improves their kidney function. But I'm very conscious this is all very anecdotal. I'm not saying that anyone's lying, but it's very anecdotal. There's no hardcore science behind it all. But I do think there is something to be said for reducing protein and helping improve kidney function. And I actually don't think we know what that mechanism is. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I think that if people have got any raised potassium, which is more likely than a raised phosphate, because a raised phosphate is much later, it's more CKD stage five, you, you, you get a raised phosphate in dialysis. Um, possibly they're saying for that reason as well. But otherwise, I, I, I'm not really sure why they're saying. Um, dairy product is a very big con sort of source of calcium, and calcium is really essential for bone health. And although bone metabolism is um, altered in chronic kidney disease, in the earlier stages, you, I mean, you still need it. So I'm not quite sure where doctors are coming from and to be fair and I think doctors are great and they know their job really well they don't have any nutrition training at the end of the day so please just remember that when you're talking to a doctor and they're telling you all these lovely things they don't have nutrition training and they don't have experience of advising and recommending and and seeing 
all that information that's in the literature as well. So just be mindful of that. Yeah, that, that's kind of the main thing that people say when they join the group or they have a question about dairy is my doctor or I've read that I should stop all meat, all dairy, um, all protein. And, and that's not good because then if you don't have any protein at all at, at a minimum level, that's going to also get you sick as well from previous podcasts we've been on. And that, that feels like, is that, is, that, is that the area of dairy that, they, that doctors must be thinking is the thing that could be damaging is if there's too much protein? Is that, is that probably the main thing that they're looking at? at, at a, yeah. I'm assuming it's the protein and potassium, the combination of the two. That's what I'm assuming. I don't know. I really, really can't get my head around who, you know, who've been told. I have to say anyone I've seen personally in the UK hasn't been told that. Yeah. But they might have picked it up from somewhere else or they might have been to another country or been on holiday and they've been to a doctor in another country and been told that. But not but not necessarily in the UK. No one I've seen. But again, you know, and also sometimes people just talk to each other. They say, oh, do you know what? I think it's, it's not good to have dairy. Let's not eat dairy dairy or or that kind of thing and then they kind of have it in their head that they're not going to have so i think i think it spirals like that but i think that it shouldn't be like that and people can eat but there's no rules or or guidance that says if you have ckd you should avoid dairy that's not true so, so there's definitely no science or no correlation between eating dairy and your kidneys getting worse. That's kind of the the, the kind of gist we've got of this at the moment. And then, but there there clearly is like maybe at certain stages of kidney disease where you're on a very particular diet that you might want to look at reducing if you're having lots of milk every day or lots of eggs every day or lots of you know these classic dairy things. You that's when you'd want to look at your dairy intake and kind of start reducing it if you're eating a lot of it, because a lot of it is quite healthy in regards to your body. Um, I think also there might be something around like the broader narrative in culture around dairy, because there is the ethical implications and there's been a lot of big brands that have kind of come out recently, um, such as Oatly um, and uh, which is an oat based drink that's gone really popular um, and then obviously there's been Netflix documentaries about um, the effects of cows and how they affect the ecosystem in, in greenhouse gases and that kind of stuff. Uh, and the interesting thing is maybe that's affecting the narrative around why dairy looks bad. But overall, if you look at the, 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 the breakdown of what's in, inside milk or inside eggs, it's generally quite healthy, high in protein and very natural. Is that the, yeah. It is. The only thing I would say, sorry, I forgot to say before, but I would say now, is that cheese is really high in salt. Cheese is very, very salty. So that's possibly, but but I wouldn't say don't have dairy just because of cheese is salty. So I would say, you know, dairy is fine, but be careful with things like cheddar. They're very salty foods. They contain a high, very, very high level of salt. Just have them in moderation and in small quantities. So maybe that's a really good segue to go into like maybe each of the big areas of dairy because it's quite a big area and it's like kind of there's different segues. So we're selling cheese. Um, that's something that 
obviously you make cheese with milk and then you add things to it and and it kind of ferments or whatever it is over time and you get different types and is there um, particular types of cheeses that are worse than others we're probably gonna do a whole podcast on cheeses but yeah. like in regards to just the big ones to be weary of is there ones that that if you're a particular transplant patient or a kidney patient that's early stage or late stage are there ones that are worse than others overall so in terms of cheeses for transplant patients so you want to avoid any um, um, blue vein cheeses. So there's like the blue vein cheese and the Roquefort cheese and also any mold ripened cheese like Brie and Camembert you want to avoid only just because you don't want to get any infection and unpasteurized cheese you want to avoid. Um, so is that because uh, like uh, being a transplant patient and knowing that I have probably eaten that type of cheese before is the worry there. It's not more about the, food content, but the chance of, like you said, getting an infection from a mold. So if, if you were to like, like a particular blue cheese or a blue vein cheese, it, it's kind of making sure that it's from a really safe source and like, not like a really, you know, cl a classic dodgy cheese shop that's on, on like a, the local one. It's more like exactly. something in the supermarket or something. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it says if you look on NHS choices, actually, under cheese and dairy, it does say if you're immunosuppressed, you should avoid these cheeses. But like a lot of these things that we say to transplant patients or immunosuppressed patients, we just say it's a precaution. So I always feel that if someone, you know, it's, it's something they have regularly and they've never had an infection, then fine, just make sure that you have it, like you said, from a reliable source and a very, you know, and it's stored properly and all that, then that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Cause I think, I think I've slowed it down as well because like I've realized with cheese, how high fat and high salt it is. I think that for me is the biggest thing that I look at now, as opposed to the, the blue, the blue thing, but I probably will, I don't eat it all the time. It's like once a once in a blue moon when it's on a cheese board, but it's just kind of checking on on, on where it is and where it's come from type thing. Mm. So yeah, so I think I think just be careful with it and just um, you know don't have too often. And again, like you say, a reliable source. In terms of um, CKD, so I think that I would just cut down on hard cheeses, um, softer cheeses, and mozzarella seem to be lower in salt. Um, than let's say cheddar so that that's better it's it's not low low salt but it is lower it's probably half the amount of salt that cheddar has and I think the salt is in there really just to preserve the cheese and prevent it from going moldy and and to to give it a bit of flavor so it is something that's actually required I think just use use a small quantity um so just check it out on the side of the label in like the salt sodium content and making sure that it's low in grams or ounces yeah. um, versus high amounts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's so that's the that that would be the main reason why I would think that maybe doctors would say or people would say avoid dairy. But you know, yogurt is fine and milk is fine. And I've had a number of people say to me, "Oh, I'm really missing milk in my tea. I've switched to." to rice milk or almond milk and I really don't like it. Do I really need to do that? And they don't need to do that. So again. A good segue is on the next big, the big one that kind of a lot of people have all the time, which is milk. My misconception around milk, I remember. Um, and again, the, the media and brands obviously help 
push that narrative as well around particular milks and what's healthy and what's not healthy. I think they're all the same. And it's just like looking at the content of what's inside. Um, obviously, consciously, people might not want to have milk because of the environmental reasons, which is totally fair enough. Um, but in regards to your body and what you're eating, uh, there's you know very little differences. One thing I have seen quite a lot in recipes, which will probably be adding on to our kidney ally recipes, is experimenting a lot with rice milk. Do you, do you know why that's so prevalent in kidney friendly recipes? I don't know. I looked at um, nutritional analysis of the plant milks and compared them with dairy milk and they were lower in potassium and phosphate, except for coconut was really high. Coconut milk was really high potassium um, and I wouldn't encourage that. And it's also quite high saturated fat. So I wouldn't encourage that, but I guess because it's quite low in, I mean, rice is very low potassium phosphate. So I guess that's why. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not, to be honest, hands up, not, not familiar with the plant milks. Um, but my biggest take home message about plant milk, if you're going to swap to plant milk, that's really fine. But make sure it's fortified with calcium um, with, with calcium, and that it has a good 120 milligrams of calcium per 100 mils of milk because if you don't if you don't make sure you have the fortified versions then you are at risk of having too low a calcium intake and then causing other problems to your bones as well so they'll get even weaker um, if someone was to get calcium where would be a good source if ethically they'd say have gone to a plant-based milk or they the one they like doesn't have high calcium is there another place you can get calcium on a daily basis so um, so gr some green leafy vegetables have got calcium in them, some nuts and seeds. Actually, dried, um, dried apricots and dried figs have got um, some calcium in them, but they're not the best source if you're on a low potassium diet. So just, you know, see what, what you, where you are in terms of potassium. Um, also, um, uh, fish with edible bones are extremely high in calcium and part of the whole he healthy heart kind of messages. So things like sardines, um, white baits, any fish with tiny edible bones, they're going to be very high calcium. So they're an amazing source. Tofu actually it, um, is a good source of calcium as well. Some of them have got very high calcium levels, like 250 milligrams per 100 grams of tofu, which is a quarter of your requirements a day. So that's fantastic too. But I do wonder about absorption of calcium from plant sources. I don't, I d I, I'm under the impression it's not as well absorbed as um, calcium from dairy products. So just be mindful of that and just make sure that you're um, having extra if you like. But I've seen a lot of, um, on all the, all the vegan websites and the plant-based eating websites, there's always a section on calcium and there's always some good ideas about how to incorporate. But in, in essence, green leafy vegetables, tofu, oranges, um, some nuts and seeds and, and figs and apricots have got calcium in them. It feels like I imagine that someone that is ethically choosing to not to have milk would probably be more likely to have tofu, which is good because you've got a big balance there of other areas of calcium to kind of get that from. Uh, yeah. I do find that the oat milk ones like um, uh, in cafes are quite prominent at the moment. You have a lot of oat milk um, and um, I've kind of switched. I, I found actually that when there was a lot of saturated fat in oat milk that I wasn't 
aware of before, before kind of looking into it in more details. So again, it's a watch out as well with these other alternative milks that there's a lot of high saturated fat uh, mm. in other areas. So it's just a watch out because they need to add the flavor in there as well with the sugars. So it's just like that classic thing with water versus, you know, colored drinks. You're yeah. always just going to have that added stuff in it. Whereas the dairy yeah. stuff has just the natural, you it's know, from, from the animals. Um, so that's really interesting on milk. And, um, and then on, in regards to another big area of dairy is butter, um, which would include a lot of uh, milk, I'm guessing is, I'm not even sure how the hell you make butter, but I think that the watch out with, with butter, um, correct me if I'm wrong, is looking for ones that are more like unsalted or like low salt butter, because yeah. probably just really fattening, I'm guessing, butter. Um, and is there high levels of potassium and phosphorus in butter? Not really, because it's all kind of taken out in the processing. The thing with butter is that it's more the saturated fat I would be worried about. And if someone has got sort of um, cholesterol or any kidney patient, to be honest, is high risk of heart disease than anyone in the general population. So you always should be more careful in always thinking about your heart health and being more careful. Um, mm -hmm. If you're on a statin, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but it's you're less likely to get a high cholesterol. But uh, what I would say is don't have tons of butter, have it really in moderation, maybe mix it up with an olive oil type spread. Now there's a bit of a issue with the whole margarine and the palm oil, because that's, you know, not so healthy either. But then I was reading that actually it's not as unhealthy as they thought it was. And, and then I got completely confused and I was like, well, what is going on here? Either it yeah. is or it isn't. So what I do say, so my so what I have decided in the last few years is that if you want to have a bit of butter, have a bit of butter. Sure, there's no chemicals in it if you're CKD. But also what I think is also a good one to have is olive oil spreads. So mm. that kind of thing. Now, a lot of people say to me they don't like it. It tastes horrible. I haven't tried it, so I don't know. But I don't really eat any margarine or butter. I don't like butter. So, you know, try that if you like it. The other thing, which is also quite good, but I'm very conscious that it's quite a costly product and there isn't 100% proof that it's useful, is these plant stanol spreads. So they are, um, it's called fluoroproactive or Benicol in the UK, and they are made from um, the, the uh, tree bark and they've got chemicals in them called plant stanols. And they have been shown as part of a healthy eating diet to be useful to help manage cholesterol levels. Now, I don't have any association to any companies whatsoever, but that, that's what we have in the UK. I do, do say to people, if people are not on statins or they can't tolerate statins, I do tell people to use those products because it's a bit of a safety net and that can, can be helpful for people. And I have seen people's cholesterol go down or stabilize on those products without having statins. So I think they're useful. And, but, and the other thing to remember is that margarine, butter, all fats, are nine calories per gram. Okay, so they're all the same. So a margarine and a butter would be the same calories. It's just a type of fat that's different and is better or, or less better for your heart. Yeah, I think um, the the butter or the spreadable category is very interesting because there's a lot of different marketing to kind of, uh, you know, in the 90s, there was that, I can't believe it's not butter brand mm -hmm. in the US. <laughs> 
uh, I was living in Australia, made it all the way to Australia. In the UK, I think uh, Lurpak is quite popular as a very natural butter and it's got lots of different types with the unsalted variety as well. But I think the good thing, the main thing is for people listening uh, around butter, it's having a good look at what you're using and whatever you're using, using it in moderation, making sure that it's probably not related to your kidney, but it's your cholesterol and the fat levels you're going to kind of be taking in. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and then, interestingly enough, I put a, a, um, on another area of dairy is yogurt, which again is, is kind of, you know, culturally, I think, associated with very, being very healthy. Um, and um, again, a lot of marketing goes into involved in manipulating everyone's minds and what is healthy. Um, but I did post a, um, a recipe up on our group uh, this week around uh, with Greek yogurt and my understanding, and I could be wrong, my understanding Greek yogurt was it's more natural. So it has lots less sugars and um, but it's got high protein. Um, so it is a bit healthier than another, a different type of yogurt. Um, but um, are people posting kidney patients can't eat yogurt. I'm like, mm, you actually, you can eat yogurt. As long as you're not on a low potassium diet, it's probably going to be fine. Is that the consensus? So yeah, I think even on low potassium diet, you can probably have a, a some. Um, the whole yogurt arena is is just a minefield, actually. And there's so many different varieties now, so many different, you know, high fat, low fat, low sugar, high sugar. It, it's just a bit of a minefield. So my general rules for yogurt is if you are trying to lose weight or you're diabetic, choose yogurt that is less than 100 calories a pot and as low to five grams of sugar per pot as you possibly can, because five grams of sugar is going to be one teaspoonful of sugar. You don't really want more than that in one little pot of yogurt if you're diabetic or trying to lose weight. So that is like my general rule for weight management and diabetes in terms of yogurts. I do have some, I actually have some dialysis patients who I'm desperate to get the protein into them. So I have been recommending the 20 gram protein yogurt pots to them and saying please go and buy them they'll be brilliant they're really helpful so it's it's about trying to have ones with not too many ingredients not too much sugar and fat and you know there's the general guidelines and and the color coding in the UK we've got sort of often color coding on labels that will tell you if it's red or amber in terms of fats and sugar so that's quite good guidance but I think if it's you know, around five grams a pot, less than 100 calories a pot, that's what you're going to go for. Now, yogurt is a really good source of calcium and a really good way of getting your calcium in. And I think it's a great breakfast um, or dessert product. So at breakfast, you could have it with, with, you know, with granola or with fruit or with a bit of cereal if you don't want to have milk. And then you could, or you could have it as a dessert, you know, after meal. Um, it is higher potassium than maybe just having... I don't know, a cream actually is not so high potassium, but yogurt is a bit higher. But again, I think it's a natural product and I think it's, it can be very good for you. So just watch out what, what you're buying, look at what you're buying and look at what, you, what you're having and, and you know, don't have you know, three yogurts a day, one a day, I think is, is perfect. Yeah, and I think a way, when the person made the comment, like a kind of yogurt, I kind of try and look at it like almost like a, you have a fresh glass of, Fresh, fresh glass every day and watch your levels of sodium, potassium, phosphorus, if you're on a low potassium and low uh, phosphorus diet. It feels then, like with dairy, it's much more of a nutritional topic than a kidney topic. 
because really the only things that kidney patients need to look at is like maybe when they're eating cheese, things with high salt, um, or maybe things, if you're a transplant patient, you know, m really moldy cheeses that might give you an infection. But other than that, if you're just having a balanced diet, you're really watching the fat content of your butter or your milks or, um, or you know, cheeses. That's really, it feels like the worry around dairy is yep. just making sure you're not having too much of it in a day. Yep, absolutely. 100%. Um... Maybe the, the last area might be around... Um, and it's a bit of a knotty area. It's it's around lactose intolerance. So uh, um, uh, it's um, the interesting thing on that is actually I worked with a with a brand called Lacto Free for a year, and they're quite big in Europe because they're a lactose free drink. Um, and it's very interesting because again, this doesn't really correlate too much to kidney patients. Is if people have a uh, you know, an issue themselves where their body can't digest lactose. Is that kind of, that's how that works. So your body just chemically can't digest it in a way and, and kind of, and coughs it up. Is that how that works? So in your gut, um, you've got, um, in your small intestine, so you've got your stomach and then your small intestine and then your large intestine. And in your small intestine, you've got these microvilli, which are, is an area for absorption of um, food absorption and on those villi you've got lactase enzymes so if you've had any damage to your gut so infection or anything really or you don't really have much dairy sometimes it just kind of disappears and you don't have it and therefore people can become lactose intolerant and lactose intolerance is mainly classified by severe wind bloating diarrhea following eating milk or yogurt or um soft cheese so hard cheese as such doesn't have any lactose so to be honest all these lactose-free hard cheeses is a bit of a nonsense because regular cheddar doesn't have any lactose in it particularly so just be careful of that but i think that a lot of people are, are gut sensitive and just because you've got kidney problems doesn't mean you're going to be gut sensitive so um people who are lactose-free who want to follow lactose-free or feel that that's beneficial for them because a lot of it in the UK is self-diagnosis because to diagnose lactose intolerance you need to have a hydrogen breath test which is where you drink a solution a lactase a lactose sorry milk solution and then you blow in and they measure the hydrogen on your breath and as above a certain threshold then that you're classified as lactose intolerant and you need referral to gastroenterology and it's it, it's a process as we all know the NHS is a great system when you're very sick but for things like this, it takes a very long time to get it. So people self-diagnose and self-medicate. So my, my, my concern always is if people are going to go lactose-free, they're going to miss out on calcium. So make sure that you're following it properly and that you know what you're doing. And there are lactose-free products around. And those lactose-free products have got the same calcium as regular milk. They've just, the companies just removed the lactose. And those are probably the best ones to have all the plant-based ones that are fortified with calcium yeah and that's a really interesting thing because i did a lot of research when working on this particular brand and i found that actually a majority of people just buy it because again it's the consensus in culture around oh it's healthier for me yeah. and i yeah. think i get a bit of a tummy ache when i have milk when you probably are fine 
Uh, and so it's being to that point, being careful about the calcium intake. I think one that I fell for early on when it became more of a trend was gluten-free. I remember oh, yeah. my wife telling me, I mean, oh, can you get the gluten-free pasta? Cause I just thought it was healthier because for some reason in my head, I'm like, sounds healthier. And then she's like, you're an idiot. You need to know it's fine. And, um, and sometimes you read it on menus and stuff. This one's gluten-free. So it's obviously healthier. So I think that's like is similar to the lack, the lactose-free and the free from. Just get medically diagnosed, or otherwise make sure if you if you do eat that thing because you like the taste that you're getting whatever it's missing from other areas. Yeah, and that's the the key thing. But for kidney patients overall, there's no strong overlap here between worrying about a transplanted kidney or an early stage diagnosis. It's just keeping a healthy, balanced diet. Exactly. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And yeah, don't fall for the gluten-free thing. That's healthier. Please, please, please. It's really yeah. not, it's, it's not unless you're celiac and then you really need it or you really got severe wheat intolerance or wheat allergy. Don't fall for it. Exactly. Um, so I think that's all the, the questions I had from like a patient point of view, but did you have anything to add around dairy and, and misconceptions and, and just those alerts for patients? Cause I know a lot of people in our group asked about it. So we're posting this, a lot through the group to those threads. Yeah, so I just, um, I'm just looking at the notes I made. So just, um, if you decide to go plant-based, like I've said, do check that it's calcium fortified, whatever plant-based product you choose. Uh, coconut is okay, but it is higher in saturated fat. It is higher in potassium. Coconut yogurts don't have any protein. Um, sorry, they do have some protein. Um, they do have protein, but they're high potassium. So just watch out. Um, it's the vegan cheese actually the vegan cheese has no protein in it it's it's fat and salt so just be careful with that if you're going to really go the whole hog just have really tiny amounts or just have regular cheese in in tiny amounts probably actually a bit better um watch out for bone health don't have um raw milks or raw cheeses because again you don't want to get even if you're not a transplant patient you don't want to get any foodborne related illnesses um, and that can be a, what a raw milk. What would a raw milk example be? Um, I, I've seen kind of advertised. They think it's really good because it's not been pasteurized and pasteurization is just heat treatment to kill off any bacteria. So just be careful if you think you're being clever and you're going, I don't know, having a holiday in a farm or somewhere very, you know, um, rural, just be careful that you're not having anything that's not pasteurized because it's it's not a clever thing to do whereas you might think it is because it's so natural and how can it affect me it actually can so just be careful of that um and i think i think that's it really i think that's all all to say about milk and dairy and yogurt and cheese but please you don't need to avoid it if you're really you know missing your your milk and your tea you don't need to you don't need to and whoever's told you to avoid it is sorry but they you're wrong yeah and i think also when it's such a tea such a small amount of milk it's a few drops as well so even if it was restrictive it's a few drops it's not going to hurt you um exactly. in the long term i think the other thing i've seen a lot in supermarkets now because there's a huge plant-based growth probably have a whole yeah. episode on plant-based food but just is the watch out in dairy in to your point the high sodium because usually plant-based alternatives for um cheese for example which is probably the area of dairy is going to um have huge amounts of salt to get the flavor in there so yeah just always look at the sodium content on on products 
Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for uh, your time, Ruth, as always. Uh, and um, we'll be posting this up in the group. Um, make sure to check out our website, kidneyally.com. By the time this goes out, hopefully it's live. Uh, and um, drop us an email, kyle at kidneyally.com, or go into our Facebook group to ask us any questions you have or about other podcasts and everything else. Uh, awesome, guys. Thank you so much.